Hello, everybody. This is John Wynn and Bill, and Bill Ate. Ate. And this is the Doomer Bloomer podcast. And this is our ninth episode. Am I correct? Or or tenth? Uh, we're our ninth episode today. All right. Excellent. So um, we got a few uh, diverse topics here uh, we're going to be talking about. Uh, Bill, uh, why, why don't you do a little uh, expose on them and uh, we can get going. All right. Uh, today on the podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian and how that meme has broke the internet lately. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, the 550 nurses they want to lay off in Alberta in the next 750. Yeah. Oh, what did I say? Yeah. 750. Pardon me. Yeah. And Alberta, uh, under the new PC government, uh, we're going to be talking about France and the climate action riots that are going on right now and how that country has basically been shut down over climate change, uh, <clears throat> issues and we're going to be talking about how power corrupts and does power corrupt absolutely so people in power will it inevitably lead to corruption and Mm -hmm. far far left topic here or just out outfield topic is uh china is creating a pig monkey hybrid uh in order to do uh organ so it's research yeah so it's research uh done on how we can uh create animals to grow human organs uh, so uh, they actually have created already a uh pig monkey hybrid and uh there's even rumors now that there and there's been some for a while uh um I know Ali Jones has been uh, talking about this uh, for for a few years now, but um, there there might even be some uh, chimp human hybrids at this point now, uh, if the if the rumors are true. Who knows? But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have a bit of fun with that. So, uh, what would you want to start off? Uh, uh, what topic do you want to start off with, Bill? Uh. Why don't we talk about the 750 nurses in Alberta? Yeah, sounds good. So, um, as you know, my girlfriend, she's, uh, she's a nurse here in Alberta. And uh, for almost within a month after the uh, PC government, uh, which is basically the Conservative Party uh, in Alberta, got elected uh, yeah, yeah. Been, yeah um so just a few months back um <laughs> they they were proposing uh, some uh, up to five percent uh pay decrease for nurses and uh she told me about a month a month and a half ago uh that they were looking at layoffs and all that also um and I, the confirmation was fairly recently that they will actually lay off 750 nurses and uh, they'll, they'll be doing it gradually within the next uh, two years, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, 
like I said, uh, my girlfriend, she's, uh, she's done a multiple, uh, she, she's done uh, multiple nursing gigs, um, uh, be it in hospitals, uh, to ICU, to, uh, uh, home care, to, uh, 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 old age homes and all that. And she, so she has a pretty good, pretty good, uh, overview of, uh, how the state of the healthcare system already in Alberta and a lot of these places are understaffed already. So, um, dropping 750 nurses when already there's a shortage is uh, pretty crazy. I find. Well, it's kind of short sighted when you, when you realize the majority of the Canadian population, uh, are aging baby boomers. And they're they're going to need they're going to need that care into their yeah. age and end of life, um, and also the people that do this work, you know, this is specialized work. It's it's well paid work for the most part, um, yeah. but it's a lot of, a lot of schooling goes into learning how to be a nurse or help aid and and uh, you know if you want to encourage people to go into these professions or these careers maybe you should be compensating them for their time and their energy put towards it. Otherwise, you know, why, why would anyone want to go into any profession? You know, if there's definitely no, if there's no ROI or return on investment um, and it's just, it's just for some short term budgetary concerns in Alberta. But if you look, you know, longer term, five, 10, 20 years down the road, you know, you're going to want to be training, training these people and, and having, having that, having that labor supply or these specialized professions able to, to do the work, you know, I don't know. I just, I, like I said, since, since this past spring, when they were elected, they've, they've kind of dismantled a lot of the social, the social nets that were in Alberta. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. The thing is, far from me being a far left socialist, uh, we already have a society that uh, that relies on social nets, if you will, like free healthcare uh, and all that that have been in place for years. So there's no infrastructure for any other option at this point. So, I mean, we have a demand that's on the rise more and more and you want to cut into one of the most fundamental services uh, there is which is healthcare which i find is is a bit is pretty dumb in my opinion i i i mean i'm no politician i'm not that much into politics but i uh, i've been all over canada and the Healthcare system is uh, pretty shitty uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I I've been to the hospital for some fairly minor things. Just give me a second here. Turn this off. Yaman, Rastaman. Yeah. So you've been to the hospitals for for some minor things, but there's still long wait times and. Well, I, I was talking to these people uh, a few years back, and 
this is someone that had a history of heart attacks and all that. And he had been waiting there for some heart related uh, stuff uh, for over 23 hours. And this is in Quebec, actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just to give you an example, I know uh, in BC, uh, wait times are insane. I had uh, a buddy of mine, I actually took him to the hospital. Man, I don't know what I, I we basically waited. We left at late afternoon and we got out the next day at around uh, noon of the next day type of so, thing. And he had like this a very acute uh, pancre- uh, pancreatic attack or whatnot, like extreme pain, vomiting, blood and all that. Like, it, it was a pretty uh, – no one knew what it was at that, at that time, but it seemed like a fairly uh, – Urgency. It was a. It was an urgent situation. If not, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have stayed overnight like that uh, with my buddy. So, yeah. And then, yeah, and then they want to. They want to encourage people to do these professions, and then yeah, they're they're, they're literally laying people off. You know, from a yeah, like I, I think a nurse is a, a pretty good career, like a solid career choice, in my point opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um whether you're male or female or other, other gender. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of disheartening actually to tell you the honest truth. Um, you know, um, cause people, like I said, people rely on that service and, and, and yeah, like I said, it's, it's kind of a between like Alberta's is is semi private with with uh, public health care, correct? I'm not even I'm not even sure. Okay. I mean there there's some private uh like in any province there's certain things that could be considered private like if you look like at uh, a dentist or whatever but I I mean there's a, other fields uh specialties I I guess you can get like some uh private care or whatnot um but it's i i mean for surgeries especially uh there's not really a private sector for that from what i know of anyways uh anywhere in canada so you've got these waiting lists of extremely important surgeries life or death uh, pretty much and there's these uh waiting lists that and I've, I've read articles about that uh you know, something that should be done within a period of eight months. Sometimes it goes on for, there's a waiting list for two, three years type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's really insane. I, uh, some people, I, I don't know enough about the situation to uh, propose anything, but um, I did have this discussion with uh, my girlfriend and she actually talked about it with some doctors um, in hospital. I, I, I think I, uh, one of the problems, especially when it comes to doctors and all that, is that they have like a very large amount of time and money uh, needed for their education. And a lot of it goes, a lot of it is because even if you want to specialize in a certain field, you have to do like multiple years and invest multiple uh, large amounts of money for your education in uh, just in being a general practitioner. And then you have to specialize into something, which is a huge amount of time. And 
I think that if doctors that want to know right off the bat where they want to specialize in, we're able to focus on that and cut through the fat, if you will, there would be, uh, you know, there would be a lot more doctors available. But it doesn't even really matter if you have the governments cutting more and more into healthcare. Uh, across the country, there won't be any doctors uh, hired in any case. So I don't know. It, it's looking. We might have to have a two-tier system, a public one and a private one. Um, some people say that could be even more disastrous, but uh, who knows? I don't know. But it seems like healthcare is a major issue, uh, no matter where you go uh, on this planet. It's a very, uh, it's a very expensive. Uh, and artificially expensive in a lot of a lot in a lot of cases. Um, but uh, weren't you also saying earlier that like there you can't even like doctors aren't even allowed to tell people that like diet and exercise, you know, it needs to be part of their regimen anymore because it's considered. Con- well, I think they've scrapped that. Yeah, uh, my girlfriend uh, was telling me that. They were thinking uh, there were some changes being uh, introduced, and I some I think some of them were propositions uh, where doctors, yeah, are not even allowed like under a certain proposition if it went through, and I think it didn't go through because a lot of doctors revolted against that. But yeah, mm-hmm. doctors weren't allowed to um, wouldn't have been allowed to. Uh, mention diet and exercise to uh, as a lifestyle change uh, to overweight patients or to any patient like me because obviously this would be reserved to the most uh, unhealthy patients that usually would be overweight um, so body shaving yeah exactly mm. I couldn't believe it, but no, actually in this world, in this day and age, in the last few years, I could believe it, but I was still, uh, I I was still amazed of how, how far this uh, movement has gone. The leftist poison has been going. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's crept into so much popular culture now. Yeah. Um, like be it, you know, Star Wars, uh, even the Avengers, uh, the new Ghostbusters movies. Um, it's all over. Um, but, you know, on the on the note of, of the Star Wars, uh, have you seen the have you seen the new the Mandalorian, John? Not yet. I've seen reviews. I'm I'm actually surprised. It seems to be unanimously uh, uh, praised, uh, which I'm surprised considering how the Star Wars. I'm not a huge fan myself of uh, like the. I I mean, I've seen some of the movies, and uh, I don't hate the franchise or anything, but I'm not into it like a lot of people are. So Um, let me let me put it to this way. So you're you're like the original trilogy sort of uh sort of fan right uh yeah kind of like i remember parts of it uh i like the i know it's not the most popular i haven't seen any of the new ones since uh like 2015 uh the 
the the prequels that they did in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, the first two ones are kind of vague to me. Uh, but the last one in the prequels, uh, which would be the third one where uh, Anakin turns into Darth Vader, I saw it a few times and I always found it uh, fairly enjoyable. You know, there's some cool fights and, uh, you know, it's kind of cool seeing the... Uh, uh, the promised Jedi turn into uh, turn into uh, Sith Lord and all that. So, uh, yeah, I would say the most memorable one to me was uh, that last one. But like I said, I'm not like some huge fan. Like uh, when the new ones came out, uh, anyone that was like even a moderate fan of Star Wars, like were so hyped about it. Um, I haven't even seen it. And from what I've heard ever since, uh, since that first one came out, it's just like all kind of, like a rehash, but reframed in a very uh, left wing, leftist, uh, feminist uh, uh, framework. I was like, yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah. Like I, I actually found the Mandalorian uh, quite refreshing yeah. in comparison to the like force awakens and the last jedi i didn't like the last jedi and and most people most people didn't like the last jedi yeah um but uh disney's basically taken over the franchise uh they've that they've made the mandalorian it's now it's now canon to the mm-hmm. to the new star wars uh universe but uh yeah like you just now you just you see the it, see the baby yoda meme uh, it's basically broke the internet uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, I think I've seen it a couple times. I, I I didn't know it broke the internet until you uh, mentioned that to me. Uh, but yeah, it seems uh, people are <laughs> losing their mind over uh, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, like that'll be the that'll be the number one selling toy for cr- next year and Christmas, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, I I could see like Baby Yoda bobbleheads and. Like there's yeah, yeah. good franchising opportunity there, I think. Yeah, for sure. Or licensing the rights to it, make some uh, toys. Yeah, for definitely. If you're an Amazon seller, definitely uh, look into acquiring some baby Yodas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, yeah, I haven't seen the Mandalorian yet. I am interested in seeing it. It seems like they they're not too. Uh, um, I think Disney has gotten hit pretty hard with uh uh you know it's like they they're starting to realize that if you go too woke you get broke right yeah go broke <laughs> you get, i'm gonna put that on a t-shirt that'll be their new t-shirt if you get too woke you're gonna get broke <laughs> i like that. yeah 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 um yeah so yeah i didn't know it was that big of a meme but i'm not surprised i mean it'll probably be the next big meme uh for the next two three weeks just like that cat was like, have you seen that white cat, uh, with the, uh, uh, desperate housewives? Uh, I don't think so. No, I've seen it all over the place yeah, for the last two, three weeks, all kinds of memes. So you see like these crying desperate housewives from the show there. And then you have this cat, like this white cat looking, uh, angry uh and there's whatever people are just writing uh different uh, 
different stuff, uh, you know, like a comic book, right? The Desperate Housewives say something and the cat replies back. Well, there's some funny ones out there. Yeah, well, I think that's why I like The Mandalorian because it's 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 kind of it, it's kind of feels like you're watching a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And even the storyboards that go along with the show, like it looks like you're watching and reading a graphic novel. I think that's uh, the the for me that's personally the appeal. Yeah. Um you're you're kind of watching a graphic novel unfold in real time and they're not very long episodes. They're like 35 minutes. Okay. So they're not like an hour long or anything like that. So yeah. they they tend to pack a lot of action into a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're familiar with the Star Wars, the Mandalorians are like one of the, the most revered warriors in the galaxy. Do they have the Force or whatever? Uh, no, the Mandalorians aren't Force users. I'm sure there are some Force-sensitive people within their culture. Um, okay. They're more like a warrior. Like I would, I would think of them kind of like the Spart, the Spartans, the Spartans of Star Wars. Oh, okay, gotcha. So they they train from a really young age to be warriors. Um, like family and clan is really important to them. And, you mm-hmm. know, they wear armor and they shoot pistols. Um, there, there, I think there were a few Mandalorian Jedi, but they it's not their main, their main characteristic. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So cool, man. And yeah, suppose I haven't heard like that, that they're like pushing some, some obvious uh, agenda underneath political or otherwise uh, underneath. It's just pretty much good storytelling within uh, within that universe. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's actually written, written and directed by John, John Favreau of uh okay of iron man so he's he dr- written and directed iron man so he's oh, okay cool yeah so he's uh like i said i, I think like i said it's, it's just good storytelling and it's it's enjoyable to watch um and nice. it's it's not too long it's not gonna you know you could finish you could finish the the latest five episodes in the day if you wanted to yeah yeah I should do that with One Punch Man. I rewatched uh, season one and watched uh, season two uh, during the weekend. Man, I love that show. Never heard of it. Eh? Uh, no, I've watched One Punch Man. Oh, okay, excellent. The season two is I, great too. But I've just I've no I'm not really the biggest anime type person, so. Yeah, yeah, I know. I am. I'm <laughs> I glad know. my girlfriend is too. <laughs> I'm not I'm not like an anime nerd, but uh I do enjoy like a good violent anime uh, uh from time to uh from time to time. When I get when I get into one I like, I I can't stop, so yeah. So yeah, and uh yeah, I gotta watch uh, I gotta watch uh Silicon Valley. It's the I can't believe it's the end of the show, man. That's a, it's a that's a great show. But anyways, uh yeah, we don't need to uh, expand uh, on all our uh, on all my uh, uh, disposable entertainment I've been uh, watching lately. So uh, I think uh, there's bigger fr- fish to fry, uh, just like what's going on in France, man. Yeah, I, I was just I was just going to mention that the the Fran- the France riots. 
Or yeah, well, I mean, it, it's almost like a, it's pretty much like a weekly occurrence, like protests and riots almost uh, every week. Um, schools shutting down. Uh, public transportation is basically at a standstill. Um, hospital workers um, on strike, and uh, it's like France's infrastructure is basically been shut down because Marcon or whatever decided that it was a good idea to tax the middle class and uh, the poor uh, exorbitant amounts of our already uh, high cost of living. Um, supposedly France has an extremely high cost of living and that tax on gas it was making it, it was like, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back there and uh, people had enough. It's like this under the guise of climate change and all that, all that good stuff. Um, we're, we're going to tax, uh, the, uh, the, the lifeblood of, uh, your average, um, French person down there and the population had enough. And, and like this yellow vest movement is way, it goes way beyond like political parties uh, there, there's people in the yellow vests that are, are on both sides, uh, fr from the left to the right. Uh, it, it you know, the people are really seeing this as like the elite uh, picking on the little guy. And uh, I mean, I tend to agree. I mean, uh, this this CO2 tax uh, seems more like a way for the government to uh, make some make some money than actually caring about the environment. I mean, there's some there's been some pretty good studies out there saying that even if we reduce every single carbon footprint to zero, meaning that we got rid of all technologies and vehicles and, and all that that would produce CO2. Uh, the Over like the course of 50 years, the it would be like something less than half a percent decrease yeah, so of what it is now, right? It'd so be, it, It'd be a negligible effect in a comparison to, you know, natural occurring things like volcanoes. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've as 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 human beings, we're on a we're we're a blip in a in a cosmic and geological time scale of the earth. Yes. So it's very difficult for us, you know, in 50 to 100 years, you know, of in, like like say let's say 150 years of industrialization. Yeah. You know, how much impact is that in comparison to over 10,000 years? or more of climate change, you know, that's when we exited the last ice age. Exactly. Right. So. Exactly. There has been extreme prolonged times of uh, extreme weather on the planet for like, like forever on this planet. I mean, this planet has gone through ex extremes time and time again. And I, you know, maybe, maybe the, maybe eventually, you know, like, I'm not saying that we can't be careful, like, especially, I think pollution is more danger, like the poisoning of rivers and the air is more a danger than the actual climate 
the global warming crisis. Right. Like he- dumping heavy metals into watersheds and polluting yeah. tables that people are drinking from. Yeah, exactly. I think that's way more of an issue than a, f- a few degrees of climate change. Exactly. On a, on a global scale. I mean, ultimately, yeah, people who live on the coast or yeah. coastal areas, yeah, they're they're going to have issues eventually with, you know, uh, rising rising water levels and and things like that and also areas that have deserts or or drought are already drought prone yeah um but i don't think necessarily pinpointing it to human caused activity be it you know carbon dioxide emissions uh is the sole car- culprit for climate change it, it's yeah a, no, i it's agree a small, a small percentage but I don't. I don't think it's the bulk of what we're doing in the last 150 years. Yeah. We uh, like I said, we don't. We don't live long enough time scales in order to see the cycles and patterns of the Earth. Yeah, I I agree, and I do know that there's been people trying to organize uh, debates uh, with people from both sides, and the climate change. Um, activists be it and, and these people want to get like the experts uh, not like just uh, some joe schmo or anyone but the the people on the alarmist side uh, tend to always refuse uh there's actually been some debates organized and uh they refuse to show up so it's just basically a one-sided argument and um no one uh, it, there's not like any real conversation about pr- professional people, scientific people that actually know what they're talking about. So it's, uh, it's almost like, um, a two, it's a two-sided argument, uh, between ignorant, ignorant people. So it's ridiculous. I mean, this is serious because if, if it were a, a real, real, real crisis. I, I mean, we should have we should have a logical conversation about this uh, in the in the public space. But no, it seems it seems to be fear tactics and fear mongering across the board. And on the other side, it, it's like complete denial. So I think it's something in it's probably something in between. We we're probably causing a certain impact, but. What, how bad is the impact to what degree and what are the real consequences about it? I think are being grossly mis- uh, exaggerated or misrepresented here. You know, you've got like prominent politicians like, uh, 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 Ocasio Cortez saying that we have 12 years to live unless we, we do something uh, drastic, like cut, all transportation and planes and uh, factories and all that. We got 12. It's completely ridiculous. I mean, even if there was like this tremendous apocalypse and you wiped out 99% of the world population, that's still millions of people left alive on the earth. You know, that's if like 99.9% of the population was destroyed, was eliminated. I'm not saying we should get to that point either, but exaggerating these things and then implementing laws and regulations that are making 
the population suffer to a degree that is creating civil unrest and uh, freezing the the the, uh, the the wheels of societies, like in France, for instance, is definitely not the way to go. If you have a if you have a, a society that is you know, prospering and coming up with new ideas. Well, it, you'll have you, you'll have people that are, can actually make a real difference when it comes to the environment. And it's not like any one government is like no one government is competent enough to take care of uh, climate change. Oh, absolutely, or, uh, absolutely it, not. Yeah, I mean, any government, like if you if you go to socialism, that's tried to like run an economy, for instance, they say, oh, we know what to do with the money, so uh, no private, uh, no privatization anymore. We'll take care of everything. We'll have a centralized economic center, which is a government, and which will take care of everything. Is already, I mean, it's been proven time and time again. We'll always lead a country into uh, pretty much bankruptcy. Yeah. Well, we, we've seen that happen with Russia and other different yeah. regimes, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, if we can't, if no one government in the world can take care of a something like a market, you know, which is very human uh, in nature, how, how the fuck do you want a government to tackle something as big? to be like the sole controller of something as big as climate change and as complex as climate change, well, you know, which is a human. Well, yeah, it, go ahead. It's a multifaceted uh, issue. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's aspects of, you know, human cause, environmental cause, where we are in our cycle around the sun. Uh, it's a, uh, it's more likely to be solved by technological innovation than it is by policy to be honest, you know, yes, we, as we transition to electric vehicles and as battery technology is getting better and better, as we talked about with the cyber truck, even though that was kind of a joke, Mm -hmm. um, the, the battery range on that truck is 500 miles. So, you know, you're looking at almost 700 kilometer range now on these batteries. Yeah. You know, even 10 years ago, that wasn't possible. Yeah. That wasn't solved by policy. That was solved by an entrepreneur with an idea to make people's lives better or to solve an existing problem. Free market. Yeah. yeah. Through innovation and technology. Yeah. And- I, I've had, I, I've heard a lot of socialists argue that well, if you look at all the uh, some of the greatest inventions or the most impactful inventions, like the internet, for instance, these were government-funded um, technologies, and that that might be true. But well, Tesla did get a loan, and it's the only company out of the big manufacturers for automakers that paid it back. It's the mm-hmm. only GMC didn't pay it back. Ford didn't pay it back. I didn't know that. None of the Tesla's the only company that actually paid back their loan with interest. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. 
So, well, the point is, is yes, government can develop some pretty crazy technology, but you know, the develop like the internet was was for military use. It was to store data and protect data. Um, do you do you think we'd have the uh, infrastructure we have today with all the things we can do today if there wasn't like private enterprise and entrepreneurs? Uh, developing ideas on this platform, you know, it, like the socialists uh, that I heard talking about, it, I think it was a professor. I can't remember all the details, uh, like what's what university and what, what his name was, but he was saying that private enterprise is bullshit and, um, you know, uh, something uh, a communist or socialist government uh, would be able to, to, to have as much innovation and uh, creativity as uh, the free market, somewhat free markets we have today. And I'm like, wow, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have we'd we'd have Google and all that all that stuff if it, if only the government was allowed to uh, create stuff on the internet. You know, I'm sure we'd have all these uh, all these incredible tools in every single industry and area. Uh, with the government, uh, with what only the government working on this stuff. So I don't know. I, I, I just feel as a whole that not, not only for climate change or anything like that, any, any political tendency to rely on the government to take care of, uh, everyone is, is a foolhardy uh, idea. Well, it, it's short-sighted because election cycles are four to five years. Yeah, there, there's they don't they 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 base their platforms on popularity, not what's best for long-term prosperity for the average citizen of their country or or the world, right? Yeah. So yeah. Like right right now, the 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 most leveling influence in the world we have is the internet because it's democratized information. You know, if you want to yeah. learn something or have access to something, it's available 24, seven, three, six, five. You don't have to go to an institution or a university anymore. Um, as long as you have a reliable internet connection and have, you know, half a brain in your head, you can pretty much learn any sort of skill or find information. Mm -hmm. Now, information is highly controlled by different, different, um, well, whether it be media outlets or government. So just be very discerning in the things that you, you, you listen to and watch and read, um, and, and take it, take everything with a grain of salt and don't, you know, just because, oh, climate, climate change is bad, not necessarily is it, it, it's not necessarily the truth. It, it's a much mm -hmm. more issue than just saying, "Oh, humans cause this." Well, look, look, look at look at non <clears throat> non sponsored information. You know, where someone's not getting a stake in having the results turn out a certain way through their study. You know, yeah. And look at more than one source of information. You know. Yeah, I try to I try to look at both sides of uh, any 
any debate here. That's for sure. Uh, I, I don't think, especially in this day and age, you really don't have a choice to, you can't, uh, you, you really can't be sure of anything in this day and age. I mean, science keeps evolving and uh, turning uh, old, uh, old truths upside down. Uh, you know, the, the food industry, like diet and uh, diet is a perfect example of that. Uh, we've, we've, we've already talked about this before. Um, but you know, what's good for you yesterday, uh, is no good, uh, today. You know, you look at eggs, uh, one of the best foods and one of the worst foods and one of the best foods again, et cetera. And I'm, I mean, you can almost apply that to, uh, almost every, uh, food or food component. So, uh, what, what if I want to get a slice of bacon from the, the pig monkey hybrid they're making? <laughs> I want, yeah, that, I, I want a side of pig monkey bacon for my bacon and eggs. Uh, uh, definitely a crazy story coming out of China. So I, information, the little information I have is that they've, uh, were able, I, to cross the DNA of a pig and a monkey to, to see if, you know, it's possible to have, uh, for instance, in the future, across a DNA of a human with uh, other animals so we can harvest, uh, harvest organs. And uh, I have no idea what a monkey pig bacon would taste like. Delay. But I'm sure. Uh, I, I'm sure if this technology becomes common, we're gonna we'll, we'll sure find out one day. You know, some entrepreneur will, uh, especially the Chinese. The Chinese. Uh, I don't want to don't want to generalize here, but they do tend to uh, uh, like pretty much anything that's non-human. Uh, they don't mind uh, eating, right? So, who knows? There might be chicken turkey, chicken turkey a la pig hybrids out there just for food. I don't know. Well, I mean, we live in a in a society like we we have modified organized organisms all the time. You know, uh, you know, their things are bred to be fatter, bigger, more muscular. You know, it's, it doesn't surprise me that a country like China, you know, which has more relaxed regulations when it comes to that sort of uh, enterprise, you know, because yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't see this story coming out of the United States. You know, just I don't think it would happen like that. No, well, the, this is not the first uh, hybrid we've heard coming out of uh, out of China. Um, however. You know, there's rumors of um, now like human hybrids, uh, human and animal hybrids coming out of China. Like the last one is a uh, chimp uh, mixed with human. Uh, be be it true or not, it's like you said. Uh, when when there is like some confirmed pig pig humans or whatever, yeah, it's almost definitely going to be out of China before it comes out of uh, the U.S. It's like uh, you've seen that show, right? The uh, uh, unnatural selection on Netflix. Uh, I think I did a long time ago. Yeah, you're the one that mentioned it to me like two yeah. months ago. 
That's right. actually watch it. People like starting, uh, they're they're doing they're playing with their jeans uh, inside their garages and stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, and and the U.S. is already like like FBI is getting involved and all that. There there's a lot of people that are trying to regulate this as much as possible to make it as hard as possible. And, and I mean, there's good, there's definitely good uh, points to be made of doing that. Um, even though like people are starting to realize I'm, I, I'm always on, I, I tend to lean more on deregulation than, uh, regulation from the government. But I mean, yeah, we're, 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 we're messing with genomes here and animals, insects and humanity. So, I mean, there, there can be like some pretty damn crazy consequences down the line if uh, we're not careful with this, but, uh, China, I mean, if there ever is some human hybrids with other animal crosses, it's definitely going to come out of China, in my opinion. Well, I'm I'm, look, I'm looking forward to some pig pig monkey bacon in the future. And like in Seinfeld, you know, if there are some pigmen out there, <laughs> you wouldn't look to you wouldn't look we wouldn't look too bad, right? Mm. Do you remember that? That Seinfeld uh, quote? No, it's not. It's not. I, I, I can't recall. Off no, head. no, it's been a while. Oh, okay, George Costanza. Uh, they're having a conversation about pigmen, and George Costanza was like, "You know, I, I, I would love to have pigmen around. You know, few pigmen running around. All of a sudden, I don't look that bad." <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, this is almost like a. We're getting to this cyberpunk reality, man. Like, yeah, you know, hard using Adam. It's, uh, uh, you know, the mix of AI when it when it, all these different sciences and industries come together and merge together. This is when it's going to get crazy. When you have like a artificial artificial intelligence design DNA structures uh, implemented in biotechnology uh, into humans mixed with cybernetics and all, all that good stuff to put together. I mean, it's going to, it's going to create possibilities. We can't even dream of. Well, we're on, we're on the cusp or a tipping point, you know, like, like I said, we said before, it'll either be a benevolent uh, future with, possibilities or some sort of apocalyptic version of the terminator we're not, we're not sure which way it's going to go yet yeah i mean I, I think the options are even way beyond that um but, yeah that's true i mean i mean like ai could be you know could be like some farming ai but like it's not even like a Terminator situation. It's just like, I don't know, some AI that's designed to optimize uh, crops that all of a sudden says maybe the best way to optimize crops is to uh, uh, eliminate or confine humans. uh, And the AI just goes crazy in that way. It it, like has no like ill intent or anything like that. But um I mean, AI can go wrong uh, in so many ways. Isaac Asimov has like some uh, pretty good uh, uh, short stories about like the, his robot series. 
um, how like they have all these safeguards to protect, uh, to, to make sure that robots and computers don't turn against humans. But regardless, there's always like these situations that can create like a, uh, a internal conflict with, within them that will force them to, you know, make decisions against their programming or it actually goes with their programming. It's just the intended effect is not beneficial to humans. Right. Right. So, uh, it, it can be, you know, it could be as simple as like, say, say I, a medical AI saying, what's the best way to eliminate cancer? Well, maybe eliminating humans would be the best way to eliminate cancer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that, that's right. Because they're, humans are the only, well, I guess other animals, but, uh, yeah, organic. But how to eliminate cancer in humans, right? Yeah, organic life is the only thing that gets can- has gets cancer, you know, because can- yeah. cancers are cells that have their cellular uh, reproduction basically hijacked to replicate to the point where it starts attacking the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. So if an AI was in that situation, it'd be like, okay, well we don't want cancer anymore. So just get rid of all organic life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, so, so that's, that's like some of the ways AI could horribly go wrong. Not like the, the I'm aware. And so I, I need to protect myself from humans type of situation. I mean, there's a whole host of possibilities uh, that are not too uh, bright for human beings when it comes to that. But it's not only like Ray Kurzweil uh, calls this point in time, the singularity, which is uh, we're going to come to a point and he predicts it in the 2050s. We're going to come to a point of technological advancement where all these different um, fields are going to converge together and the possibilities are going to, are so endless and, uh, unpredictable that there's no way of being able to realistically predict what's coming up next um, after that point in time, right? So, I mean, what happens? What happens if we were able to start like downloading consciousness uh, into an AI, merge with an AI, and then like be being able to uh, exchange information at a rate like imagine like every person be it with biochips or virtual reality consciousness or whatever can turn a a normal human being with an IQ of, you know, let's say 100 and every human being now can have like the equivalent of an IQ of like 500 to a thousand. Right. I mean, that's a completely different world. I mean, if every normal human being can have the, the, an intellect, higher than high than Einstein. I mean, what kind of, what kind of world could we create? And, you know, the thing is, is like probably only a few people in the beginning are going to have access to that type of power. Right. Well, you know, if you be it, be it like immortality or be it, um, be it AIs or whatever that, you know, you look at, uh, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or the people at Google, they have access. They have so much power compared to even politicians today. Right. So 
their 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 money is power and and like vice versa you know yeah but, their money is power but also the technologies they have at their disposal their information uh the data they have is power even if they like even if you put the money aside i mean munner 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 <laughs> munner money, money is Money is already like one of the greatest power a human being can have on the planet. But imagine when you couple that with uh, other uh, like information, you could say is one of the greatest powers a human being can have. If you have information on everyone, mm-hmm. you know, CIA is not or NSA or whatever. Some of the most powerful organizations in the world, uh, they do have money, but their main power, if you will, is information. Right. Yeah, their, their their currency is information. They're in the in in the intelligence business, or exactly. But does that does that power, you know, as a question, does that power corrupt you just by the nature of having the power? Yeah, exactly. Does power, money, power automatically corrupt? That's um, I don't. It's a, it's a question I've been uh, muddling in my head for. You know, I guess uh, from time to time uh, throughout my years, um, I guess it's been back on my mind lately for whatever reason. But I, I guess, like, I, I would like to say no that it doesn't automatically corrupt, but it it definitely, like we discussed earlier uh, before being on air, it definitely amplifies uh, whatever tendencies you might have, right? If you are um, if you're kind, if you're like 80% cool, uh, and 20% an asshole in your life, uh, that 20% is going to have a lot more, that 20% asshole in you is definitely going to have a lot more impact and, uh, uh, freedom to do what it wants than uh, if you were just like, uh, Joe, the plumber down the street. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that that's what I've always said, right? If you you know, if you were, if you were to put money in someone's hands who's already not a nice person, power in someone's hands who's not just a nice person to begin with, mm-hmm. it will tend to amplify whatever characteristics or personality traits you already have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Google used to have a policy of like, don't be evil. Um, yeah, but now like there's a there's a whole culture shift at Google. Like the the main two founders, Larry Page and Sergey, both stepped down. Um, the original founder of Apple's Steve Jobs is not there anymore. Uh, so we're living we're living still in a world mostly controlled by corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like you said, they have access to the information. Uh, to the things you buy, your purchasing, and your your basically your marketing profile. And yeah, and plus they they have the means to uh, cut out any competition. You know, but is that monopoly and power ultimately corrupt well, corrupting a free market or people's ability to operate in a free market? Well, I mean, some people would argue that corrupt. Uh, power corrupts absolutely right so someone uh so if you were to get 
enough power in your life, uh, even just as an individual, it would ultimately corrupt you. It would ultimately, and I try, I guess as a hopeful, I don't, I don't think that it's 100% the case, but, uh, it, it definitely presents some temptations to, uh, to, uh, you know, indulge in your, in the darker aspects of your personality, but it definitely can and facilitate corruption, but I don't, I don't think it ultimately, it, it's a, it's an automatic thing for sure. But I, I, I mean, it's just, I, I think in the end, it's a question of potentiality. You know, you, something, if you have the ability to corrupt or if you have the ability to indulge in the the lesser aspects of yourself, then you know the 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 odds of it happening are are, are obviously going to go up, right? But I mean, no one's no one's going to be a perfect angel, no matter what, right? I just I guess it just goes back. I don't really have a clear cut answer for myself or anyone. Um, I'm just kind of like juggling the ideas uh, out loud in my head right now, uh, just on air here. But I, I'd like to think that, yeah, power can be used responsibly and it doesn't necessarily always uh, corrupt people, but no human beings are, you know, we're, we're flawed creatures. So, um, these flaws are always going to manifest themselves no matter what system, you know, we're, we're in no matter what, uh, no matter what type of dynamic, there's always going to be like some imperfections and uh, deficiencies uh, within our nature that are going to sprout out somewhere. Right. And people always t- tend to think that we need to change these systems continuously uh, to uh, eradicate those deficiencies. But people think, that the systems are the causes when, in my opinion, these systems are just reflections of our profound nature. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this question. Do you think, uh, you think baby Yoda is, is corrupted by power? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but he's too cute. He's too cute. Uh, too- they're the worst ones. The cute ones. Yeah. I gotta be aware of the cute ones. The cute ones. Oh yeah. Are- oh yeah, man. No one suspects the butterfly, man. No one suspects the butterfly. Yeah. But they, they create t- tornadoes on the other side of the world, man. Mm-hmm. Just by yeah. their wings. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I have no idea. Uh, Yoda is too much of an iconic character, so uh, it'd be cool, though. Baby Yoda grows up to, to go on the dark side. And the ghost of Yoda, like just start, just gives him a spanking. I go- <laughs> uh, that'd be funny. Yeah, I I guess so. You know, so um, yeah, I I have no idea about Baby Yoda, but uh, I I uh, where where did you see it? I actually um, we got uh, Amazon TV uh, recently. Is it on? Um, no, it's on the Disney Network. Yeah, it's on. It's on. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. Did you get that? 
Uh, well, through my Amazon Prime, I I took a a week long um, trial. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna keep it. Um, and I, how much uh, how much is Disney Plus? It's eight ninety nine a month. Oh wow, super cheap. Thank you, Netflix, man. You really revolutionized uh, the uh, subscription television service. Well, television as a whole, uh, and and uh, I mean, cable sucks so bad. I haven't even before I got Netflix. I, I hadn't been watching cable in a long time. When you could just download it, uh, I don't download anymore. Just stream. But wow. I, I mean, we've kept cable, a basic cable for like, especially for my girlfriend. She likes watching the news and, you know, sports and stuff like that. Um, nah. Sometimes, yeah, but sometimes we'll, we'll, you know, a show will come on or a good movie and we'll start watching it. And then it's like ad after ad. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, we're not. Plus a lot of times like on these normal cable uh, like say there is a good movie or a good show, a lot of it is censored. So, yeah. uh, I mean, besides besides like channels like AMC, HBO, um, Showtime, uh, Showtime, yeah, exactly. Bad uh, boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? No, no, it ain't that. Wow, it's Bill's. Bill's trucking is calling me. Oh, oh, oh really? That's serendipitous. Yes, I have no. With Bill's trucking, just FYI. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, probably a spam call. Who knows? I just got a. Uh, I just got a. Um, you know, from the agents, uh, the um, investigative agency of Canada of uh, Revenue Canada called me uh, earlier. Um, I just lo- I love fucking with them. To all our listeners, if you get like these scam calls, just call them back and pretend to be uh, uh, a police officer uh, doing an, an investigation. And my tip is to pretend you're on their side at first to say, oh, I'm sure everything is in order uh, and just start asking them questions and uh, uh, hear them sweat on the other end. It's very satisfying. <laughs> this is Inspector Lemieux. Uh- <laughs> From the investigative arms of cybercrime for the RCMP. Exactly. Yeah. Where is um, your business located? <laughs> oh, it was actually they were fronting as um, Revenue Canada. And I, in the last two years, I've been getting a lot of those calls. So a lot of times it'll be like a robocall or something like that. And uh, so what I do is I'd be like, I present myself. I'm as a RCMP officer, and then already they're you know you can you can sense it in their voice. They're getting stressed, but then you know I'll I'll be like, don't worry. I think I, uh, I you know I, we just got some complaints. I'm sure everything is in order. You guys are legitimate and all that. I just have a few questions to make sure and all that. So then you start asking questions that you obviously know they can't really answer, and they start sweating. And uh, then you ask to talk with their boss and you uh, you want to take down their uh, their employee number and all that. And then they just start. Uh, a lot of them will just hang up on you. They'll uh, they'll get mad and uh, hang up on you or they'll start panicking and hang up on you. A lot of times they're going to try to play play the game and then. <coughs> 
and then they'll uh, try to weasel out with a line. But it's funny. It's it's funny to watch them sweat. But I I think the best. I know uh, a guy I know um, from down east. Uh, he was getting a lot of emails from uh, like a email scam or whatever. Started talking with this uh, with this girl, like a prince, or I, I can't remember all the details, but uh, he pretended to be to have uh, fallen in love, hook, line, and sinker. But he's like, oh, I, I, he said something like he had friends I got ripped off before, but he really trusts in her and all that. But he would need like a proof, a proof of something. So send him like $150 to prove that uh, what she's saying is real. I think it was like a kind of scam. Like, I want to marry you. Have all, I have all this money and all that. Uh, and but they needed like 10 grand or some shit like that. So he managed to actually extract money from the scammers, which was, uh, I found pretty cool. <laughs> you kind of flipped the tables, right? Just like on Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do that. Flip the tables, take a positive t- negative, turn it into a positive. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I think we've covered uh, everything we wanted to talk about. Yeah, there's yeah, anything you want to add, John? Ah, no, I'm good. I added uh how to deal with scammers. All right. I think that, I think that was a welcome addition. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. as always, uh we're on the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh feel free to message us. Um mm-hmm. any topics you're interested in discussing or if you want to be on the podcast feel free to send us a message. Yeah. I second the motion. All right. So the, this is Bill Ate. And John Wynn. We will be signing out. And until next time. Peace. Peace.